Hey everybody, welcome back to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Holtzapple. With me as always is my co-host, George Rogers. Hi. And uh, we're here today to talk a little Star Trek for the very first time on the show. I mean, we briefly discussed uh, just for a minute or two, Strange New Worlds, which we're going to do a um, a little, at the end of the show, we'll talk about, uh, are we halfway through the season? Did we get this we're, episode five I- yet? I think we're, yeah, the last episode we had was episode five, I believe. Okay, so yeah, we're going to do the first half of the season today, and then in about five weeks, we'll we'll top off the, the last five episodes. I think that was the plan anyway, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get there at the end, but here we're to- here to talk about, I'm also going to give you my Star Trek movie rankings as well. Um, I know George has, hasn't seen two of them, so he's not going to give his, but I'll, I'll just run mine off real fast for you guys. Um, and we're going to review a lot of these. Um you know, definitely the Spock trilogy. I really like the Undiscovered Country, so I'd like to review that as well. I would be fine reviewing um, the Final Frontier too. Um, qu- quite frankly, I would be pretty content on reviewing the original ten movies. Um, I mean, even though some of them do lack at times, they're none of them are bad to where I wouldn't want to review them. You know what I mean? But I, I would say I would definitely say do the great ones first. So like this, yeah, I mean, search for yeah. Spock. You know, I, I you know we'll yeah, do the I, Spock I, trilogy, and then we'll move on to like Generations, which is a big. Uh, George and I are big fans of Generations and First Contact, and then we'll kind of sprinkle the other movies in here and there yeah, throughout. Uh, yeah, I, I think at the very least we have to do the Spock trilogy, then we can do Generations and First Contact, and then mm-hmm. from there, you know, the, the, <laughs> we'll just pick them. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll just pick them. <laughs> Not the Abrams films. <laughs> No, no. Even no. though I listen, I couldn't I've see, always, but I just wagged my finger at the camera. Listen, yeah. I, everybody, I've always prefaced that I do not hate Star Trek 09. I don't think it's a bad movie, um, because I I like the fact that it doesn't do anything to disrespect. Even though, okay, let me let me preface this. To me, J.J. Abrams only has two decent movies in his filmography, and it's Star Trek 09 and it's The Force Awakens. While I think The Force Awakens is a better movie, The Force Awakens kind of ignores and disrespects the legacy characters a little bit. While I don't think Star Trek 09 does that because Star Trek 09 takes place in an alternate reality, and they did that purposely so they, they, could, they could kind of do anything they wanted with those characters, which I respect that actually. Um, instead of being like, hey, this is the exact same Kirk that we saw William Shatner play, this is, you know, if this happened in the timeline, this shot off into an off reality. I can respect that, actually. That, that's, 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 I'm fine with that. Um, but we're not doing that movie. Uh, I, I don't like it nearly enough to do that movie at all. And, and it would just be that one, because Into, Into Darkness is terrible, and Beyond isn't much better, so... Uh, I um, just don't like J.J. Abrams enough to respect yeah. him to give him any sort of, uh, any sort yeah. of praise on, on, on our podcast. Outside of The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker. And The Rise of Skywalker is getting reviewed so we can tear it to shreds. Because um, we haven't done a review like that where we just tear a movie to shreds. Um, Even the movies that we don't like, we still we, like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That would be the first movie where we don't like anything about it. <laughs> it's just us being negative the whole time. I mean, I did I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, we, we, we covered Street Fighter, which is not a good movie, but there are still oh, things about it that we like. Yeah. Skywalker is a bad movie and there is nothing about it. We like, I, the I, only I, thing I like about rise of Skywalker is the fact that they did not kill off uh, Billy Williams. That's the only thing I'll give you. But uh, no, I, there, there is one thing I like about it. I do think the Sith troopers look cool. In red, the red armor troopers. I didn't, recognize, I didn't recognize them with the red armor. <laughs> so, but enough about that franchise. We'll, yeah. we'll get yeah, to that. Let's go uh, something good. Let's go something yeah. Good. So, um, uh, with with that being said, though, with Star Wars, uh, episode four of Obi Wan debut today. I've watched it twice. It's very good. George hasn't watched it yet, um, but we wanted to keep it off this episode because this is a Star Trek episode. So we're going to do that this weekend when we do. I can't remember the next episode. Next National show we got. National Treasure. So we'll 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 do episodes three and four of Obi Wan uh, this for next week's show, um, uh, and then of course in two weeks we'll we'll round out the series. Um, and uh, I do have a theory I want to address real fast. I think I think there's going to be a post credit scene at the end of the show. Like, have remember how they did uh, when they announced the Book of Boba Fett? I think it's how they're going to announce season two of Obi Wan. Hey, um, I like that. But real quick before we jump into Rathacon and mm-hmm. uh, 
whole Star Trek discussion. Mm. I just want to say that, like, last week we reviewed Top Gun Maverick. Mm. Uh, as of today, worldwide, $600 million. That's awesome. That's fucking it's been awesome. Out for 10, it's been out for 10 days. 10 days. $600 million. And this isn't a Marvel movie or a comic book movie. No, you know what this is, though? This is the power of Tom Cruise. That's I mean, power he's, he's he is he's the last movie star. I mean, not everybody wants to say it's The Rock, but The Rock's movies don't make a lot of money. They make money because they're made for low budgets. This is legit. Like this movie could make a billion. I mean, do I, I do I think it will? I don't know. But this movie is raking in dough. Yard. Uh, the cat just jumped into the curtain. That's that, but I mean, it's, it's a, it, it's, it's insane, and it's turn, and it's, I don't mean to veer off, but, but it's before we get into this, but it's turning mm-hmm. people who love that first movie, like you and I and our mm-hmm. friends, like Eric and Brett and my mother, who absolutely loved the first movie. You know, my mm-hmm. my, my mom's sixty eight, and she absolutely loves the movie, but she saw this and told me she thinks this is better than the first one. I do. I mean, I, I, you know, I do too. The proof is there. I mean, the, the 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 money is there, and and the big thing about it is it's the massive amount of respect that it has for that first movie, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's Tom and Tom basically cradled this like a like a child. And- well, like a like I said during our review, real fast. Tom, is, this movie was everything that Hollywood is supposed to be. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, but anyway, uh, let's get into some Star Trek. And uh, George, I'm gonna I'm, I want to ask you before we get into the movie. Um, because um, I know we talked about this. It might have been Chris might have been on, and we talked about it a little bit. But uh, you know, uh, I'm a lifelong Star Trek fan. Again, I'm I'm I've been a nerd since birth, so I'm a lifelong Star Trek fan. I mean, my first episode I ever saw of Star Trek was The Cage, which is the original pilot, you know, um, which never aired. I mean, it's not very good, but um, so I mean, you know, and and these I love these movies so. Uh, I, I'm a lifelong fan. I got Star Trek action figures. You know, I got, I got, uh, I got Mirror World Spock. I got regular Kirk. Where I have Kirk in the green shirt. It's one of the two. Um, I got the um, the shuttle, and then I got, um, I got a bunch of Next Generation ones. I think it was the first Contact. They put a bunch of figures out. Uh, I think they're the ones I have. They're up in my attic somewhere, George. I'll find them and send to you. And, uh, um, um, Chris. Yeah, you and Chris into our group. So um, just to show them off to you guys, it's awesome. So so I love Star Trek. I always have. Um, I can't say I always will because I haven't really enjoyed anything in Star Trek really since First Contact. I mean, I don't hate Insurrection or Nemesis. I just don't think they're that great. I didn't really like Enterprise. Um, I, you know, I've talked about my hatred for Discovery. Um, and I, I haven't watched Picard, but I heard it's not good at all. So um so George, I would like to know from you, when did you get into Star Trek? Like when was your like or is this something recent? I know you're I know you haven't been a fan for very long, but uh, I mean when did you actually get into it? I mean, I've always kind of been aware and I've always had like a memory of Star Trek. My mom used to watch Next Generation a lot. Mm-hmm. So I have a gener- so I have a knowledge of watching that um as like a younger kid. Then I kind of fell out of it and I kind of I kind of jumped back into it fairly recently because, you know, we got, you know, I, I do a lot of streaming um, mainly from Pluto TV, which is a free streaming service. And they have a channel that plays nothing but Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mostly what they play are just episodes of, um, of Next Generation. Right. Which is, that's, I have, I have, it's a great I, show. I, it's a phenomenal I, I, show. I enjoy Next Generation a, a, a whole lot. I like Next Generation more like the original series, but that's because mm-hmm. I... No, I seen, do too. I have seen more of Next Generation. I've seen a, a handful of episodes of the original yeah. series. I, I, really, I, I agree. Yeah. I think the Next Generation is the better show. I, I, I do think the original series had the better movies, but mm-hmm. at, in terms of TV show, I, I think the gold standard is absolutely the Next Generation. I think it's the best Star Trek show ever made. It's now, phenomenal. When I, was, when I was living by myself and I had the apartment, I had... Uh, kind of like a I, I had a digital antenna because i didn't mm-hmm. have tv didn't have internet. um so i i watched the the first one star trek the motion picture it was on tv mm-hmm. and i watched it. i was like oh like, I mean, it was all right and then it's not terrible through, no it's not bad um and then just kind of through chance i watched wrath of Khan afterwards i'm like this is really good 
Yeah. And then I've just kind of been on. Then as of lately, since we've been watching Strange New Worlds and with that, I went back and kind of revisited the movies, and it's it's such a it. it they're so good, and I, I really I, I don't have words really to describe it. Um, but I mean, I have not been, but I, I've I've come around to like, all right, like let me see a little more with Star Trek. So I bought. So I, even after we watch, <laughs> what's up? This text message Kevin just sent me. Oh, um, <laughs> he was he because we're gonna go see everywhere. We're gonna go waste our time at Jurassic World Dominion tomorrow. Right. And he was like, did you want to get food? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. He was like, I was like, what do you want? He's like, whatever. I was like, we can get Taco Bell. And he was like, or we could just take turns stabbing each other in the gut and the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just... So, I mean, I've been watching, uh, like, like after we watch Strange New Worlds, every time a new episode drops, I usually watch, there's another show that's on mm-hmm. Paramount Plus called The Ready Room, which is like an after- I gotta get, I gotta find, I gotta watch that. Yeah, it's like an after-show show, kind of like how uh, after an episode of The Walking Dead, Talking mm-hmm. Dead is on. But like, yeah. it's hosted by Will Wheaton, and he, um, fuck, and, he fuck usually, and he usually talks to kind of somebody from the cast or mm. the little behind-the-scenes stuff. So it's it's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I, I, also, I gotta get on that. I also like to note Chris <laughs> supposed to be on this episode, but he mm. failed the Kobe Ma. He he failed the Kobayashi Maru, and we had to maroon him on City Alpha Five this week. So he'll learn his lesson. Uh, yeah. Now, now uh, scheduling has kept Chris off this episode, so that's okay. I mean, he'll be on yeah, in a few weeks anyway. Be, so. Because he's been banished to City Alpha Five. That's true. Um, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but we'll get in the strange new worlds because I've said that before yeah. too. Like that shows completely. And I did the same thing that you did. I I saw that first episode of Strange New Worlds and was just like. Oh my God! I want to watch all the Star Trek movies, and it the only felt, one... <clears throat> it felt like, and and this is where it kind of deviates from Discovery. Discovery, mm. for, from what I've been told, I, I haven't seen it, but from what I can tell, there's been this kind of overarching storyline throughout it that doesn't really work too well with Star Trek. Star Trek, mm. it's about it's the adventure, yep. it's the missions. So it's so that so that's where Stranger Worlds is like the original series. Or it's like Next Generation or Deep Space Nine. It's all like individual adventures every episode. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like a two-parter or something, but that's, you know. Yeah, which happens. So. But, you know, there's um, no like overarching, you know, nonsense. It's just mm-hmm. you get right to what the heart of it is. I agree. Know, about the adventure. But, um, the but we'll, get, we'll get into Strange New Worlds at the end of the show. Let's, let's get to the movie. Uh, you listen, we're here at Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Um, I truly believe it's one of Hollywood's greatest movies. Um, you know, I, I, I really want to put it in my top 10. Um, I had to really think about if I wanted, what I would want to drop down. It, it's, you know, it's, it's in my top 25 for sure. Um, but man, it, it's, it's, I really love this movie. It's such a great, you know, especially because it's, um, you know, a movie that they, it's one of the, it's one of the only times they have, um, one of the only times that they, you know, they, they brought something in from the show. You know, this is a sequel to the Space Seed episode um, with when Khan, you know, uh, Khan makes his debut. Um, and, and it's just, it's really cool how they did it. And, um, you know, I, I think, I don't want to say, I think this is hands down the best of the franchise, but while this movie is perfection, I don't think any of the other movies in the franchise are like perfect. You know what I mean? Like they're damn near close. I mean, obviously the other two movies in this, in this air quotes, Spock trilogy, as it's called, um, you know, are close and you know, generations and first contact are very close too. But um, I just think, man, I just, I, I think this movie is phenomenal. And I've been watching this movie since I was a kid. Um, you know, probably I, you know what it was? I think it was like the 10th anniversary. They did something for, it must have been like a VHS or something like that. Cause I mean, you know, it's, it's been that long. It's like, you know, 92, 93, somewhere around there is when I first saw this. And I just, you know, I was five, six years old at that point. You know what I mean? So loved it. Um, but let's, um, let's get down to here. When was the first time you saw this, George? Is this. I'll be honest. Probably about 10 years ago. Wow. That's, that's, you, you robbed yourself. Yeah, but it's like I told you. It was like I told you. I said I feel I was deprived, like waiting so long to kind of get into into these movies. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, uh, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. 
uh, released June 4th, 1982, which is why we're doing it, you know, around here. We're a few days late, but that's okay. So, you know, life gets in the way, but here we are four days later. Sorry. Uh, it's 40th anniversary. Um, you know, uh, with a budget of $12 million, this movie was made for with a box office draw of $97 million directed by Nicholas Mayer, who also did, um, the undiscovered country. Um, and there are rumors that he is going to be doing Paramount wants him to do a movie that takes place between the motion picture and this, uh, I don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, obviously they would be cast actors, but I don't want the Kelvin timeline actors in it, which is a shame because Chris Pine is actually a great Captain Kirk, but I don't want any of those actors to go forward. Uh, I not they they're all none of them are really that good. Um, but uh, screenplay by Jack B. Sowards, story by Harv Bennett and Jack B. Sowards, based on Star Trek by Gene Roddenberry, music by the great James Horner, um, <clears throat> and starring William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, DeForest Kelly, James Doohan, Walter Koenig, George Takei, Nichelle Nichols, oh my, uh, Ricardo Montalban, Kirstie Alley. Um, and a whole bunch of other people that don't matter. Um, <laughs> well, they're the main stars of the, show, of the movie. So, but um, yeah, let's let's get into this, George. Uh, yeah, let's. But, I mean, this this. I mean, the, the 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 good thing about having your main cast alive is that you can bring them all back for something like this. You know, we're at this point probably about. 15 years or so away from like the end of that first uh, of the original series somewhere about that my is my timeline about right when was it um, yeah uh, yeah the the original series aired from 67 to 69 i think so this is about 13 years All right so I mean, and and we see that you know time has kind of passed on since I know everyone's still a member of Starfleet, but like Chekhov is now a first officer on the uh, on another ship called the Reliant. Uh, Kirk is now an admiral. Spock is a captain. Um, this is before Sulu has become a captain. I think he becomes a captain. What uh, in the next? It's in, no, next it's or two movies later or so. Uh, Sulu, well, Sulu doesn't leave the Enterprise until, uh, what is it? I think it's the Undiscovered Country. Right. Um, I, know, I, I know eventually he does become a captain. Yeah, he becomes the captain of the Excelsior. Um, I just don't remember, I, I think it's, uh, I definitely think it was, um, I mean, he's the captain of the Excelsior in the Undiscovered Country. I just don't remember if that happened in, uh, the Final Frontier or not? Because Final Frontier is one of is one of those ones I don't particularly watch very often. It's my least favorite of the original series movies. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. So Star Trek the original series ran from sixty six to sixty nine. So, and then this movie came out in eighty two. So you're looking at thir thirteen years. So, so we're close, you know, pretty close. But I think um, the Space Seed episode aired in sixty six. It was the last episode uh, or the last two X. I think it was a two parter. They were the last two episodes of season one, which um, which is the uh, big discrepancy with this movie is the fact that Chekhov was not in that episode, but yet they both knew of each other in this movie. But but Chekhov they, was not in that episode. They actually went through and kind of addressed that through um, through written media. Did they? Yeah, where che where Chekhov was on the Enterprise, but. Chekhov was on the night was on the night uh, crew. Mm. So whereas he was not part of that main crew, he was still on the Enterprise, and he knew of, uh, and he knew of Khan. Mm. So that's kind of how they how they went around it, like like in written media. Either way, it was it was something that they I guess they realized it was making their as a mistake, and they're like, "Fuck it, uh, we need to fix this." <laughs> yeah, that's literally what it was. But at least, but at least they went about it in a way that made sense. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they like, they they definitely they definitely figured a way out. Give me a give me one quick second. I have to do. Ah, uh, here we go. Just damp. You're fine. Damp. Uh, anyway, everybody. Um, Sorry, know, just unlock. 
I just had to unlock a door. Okay. Uh, so, and I'm, where I'm seated, I couldn't just kind of reach over and grab it because I'm on the uh, side that's facing the door. I can't. I can't reach. Mm. Over. But we get a um, like a little bit of a training segment to start off with, where Lieutenant Savick, who is played by uh, Kirstie Alley, which she got an introducing credit here, so mm. it's probably one of her first roles. This is before. This is before Cheers. She joined mm. Cheers season six or probably 87 88 um but you know she's taking the 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 kobe my the kobayashi maru test which is essentially it's a no-win scenario that is designed to test character like there's no mm. way to actually win the kobayashi or, or to beat the kobayashi maru except kirk does it but we find out how he did it later all he did was just kind of change the parameters of the course because he doesn't like to lose mm. which I mean, th- this entire episode is essentially just one big Kobe, uh, one big Kobayashi Maru test. When yeah. you think it. So, I mean, that's, but all these characters have j- kind of just, they've all grown, you know, and when Kirk returns, like when he, like, like after, after Stavik fails the Kobayashi Maru, mm-hmm. that scene when he walks through the door. Oh, with the love it. Him, oof, love it. It just comes out. It's like, oh, it's like, it's like, oh, uh, thought, thoughts, Admiral, prayers, Mister Savick. Klingons don't take, don't take prisoners. Which I mean, for me, it's it, because I watched Next Generation, mm-hmm. and that was where I kind of got my start. I'm not used to Klingons essentially being the enemy, because because uh-huh. by the time Next Generation comes along, yeah, there's a, you know, they're, they're they they have good relations with the Federation. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much the Romulans or the Cardassians, but hey, you got to have enemies. But the so yeah, and then, and then Kirk kind of coming to grips with the fact that he's getting a little older. Mm-hmm. Bones gives him uh, the glasses for his birthday, mm-hmm. and, and a copy of uh, uh, the Tale of Two Cities. Oh, is that what that was? Is that what the book was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, he reads. He goes, "Oh, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times." Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, he's kind of coming to grips. You know, he doesn't. You know, even everyone's like, you know, you, you know, you should be behind a console. You know, you should mm-hmm. be out. You know, you know, captaining a ship. And then he's, you know, galloping around the cosmos as a young man's game. Like he has it mm-hmm. in his own head that he's too old to do this stuff. But meanwhile, Chekhov, who's now who's the first officer on the Reliant with uh, Captain Terrell, who's played by Paul Winfield, mm-hmm. which the only thing I know him from is being the voice of the Don King-like promoter on the episode of The Simpsons when Homer <laughs> becomes a boxer and Mo comes in with the uh, with like the fan pack and saves him from getting beat up by Dredrick Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <Yeah. laughs> I feel like I've seen him in a lot of other things, but like that's but like for some reason my mind went right there first because they have the well they're trying to find these um, inhabitable planets or these dead worlds because they have this Genesis program which can turn them into habitable worlds, which is being developed by Dr. Marcus, um, uh, Dr. Carol Marcus, and her son Dr. David Marcus. Mm-hmm. So there's a you know, there's a lot kind of going on, but then they go to what they think is SETI Alpha 6 because it's uninhabited, but there's a like a kind of like a dead signal that they have to follow. And, you know, kind of once you're there, you know, once they're, once Terrell and Chekhov down the surface, they enter that one pod and they see the SS Botany Bay, it all just kind of comes back to Chekhov like, we got to get the hell out of here. And then that's where introduced to, well, reintroduced you know, for, for people who watch the original series to mm-hmm. uh, Khan Singh mm-hmm. with his starship that's made of rich Corinthian leather. Hmm. It's a little play for people who are a lot older than us. Uh, mm-hmm. Multiple two commercials for uh, a car and talked about Corinthian leather. Uh, you're welcome. Everybody. Yep. They initially couldn't even get him or, 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 or they didn't even think about getting him because he was doing mm-hmm. a fancy island at the time. Mm-hmm. When they were going through and doing it, like it, it never occurred to anybody. It's like we should probably ask Ricardo Maltzman if he can come back. Yeah. The initial plan was they're just going to get somebody else, but they're like, "Have we even tried asking him?" And they're like, "Yeah, oh, all right then." 
And seriously, I'm going to say, I think Khan is one of the greatest movie villains of all time. Hands down, hands down. Yeah. I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's a, a future Biggie Guarantee episode that'll come up. It needs um, to. We need to do movie top yeah. ten movie villains for, for top ten movie villains. Mm-hmm. I think he's there. I think he's up. He's got to be. He's got to be. I mean, a lot of what he says and what he does, you can see other villains throughout movie history have kind of taken something. Or other, uh, not other villains because they don't exist, but mm-hmm. you know, other writers have kind of pulled stuff from Khan and was like, you know, this this works. It's almost like he was a template. Yeah, like Khan's almost like a Bond villain in a way. Uh, he kind of, yeah. Uh, just to correct myself, Space Seed was one episode. Uh, I don't was know it? why I thought. Yeah, I don't know why I thought it was a two-parter, but um, it is the last episode of season one. So, but you know. Khan kind of brings Chekhov and essentially us are kind of up to speed on where on what has what he's kind of been up to for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Stay off of five in Spacey was a habitable planet. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it was able to, to sustain life. But I think they said 10, I think it was like maybe a couple years after they were put on SETI Alpha 5, SETI Alpha 6 exploded and it knocked SETI Alpha 5 out of orbit. And it became the like the the wasteland that it is. So they thought so. Essentially, the Reliant thought that it was SETI Alpha Six, mm-hmm. not SETI Alpha Five. Uh, but through all that, um, you know, Chekhov and Terrell end up getting this mind control slug implanted in their head. Star Trek. Yeah. And they end up and Khan maroons the. The, the the rest of the crew from the Reliant on SETI Alpha Five, mm-hmm. while he keeps Chekhov and Terrell for himself. And the whole thing is because, you know, he still harbors these negative emotions for Kirk, because you know he feels Kirk left him out to die, which I mean, any bad guy would think that. I mean, even Chekhov's like it was a habitable planet. You know, you were able to sustain life there. They didn't know that Sunny Alpha 6 is going to explode, but he's more or less pissed because Kirk never came back to check on the progress and instead, yeah. Khan's wife ended up dying from that. But that's, it's it, it's a hell of a motive. It's a good motive. because It really is, is. Because this is just pure revenge at its heart. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he wants Absolutely. the Genesis. Like, yeah, he wants the Genesis device. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Right down to the wall. This is this is just. Where's James Kirk? I'm getting my revenge. Mm-hmm. And when he approaches him, when he's when when he's flying the Reliant, you know, and they and they just think it's another ship. You know, the comments are like, "Oh, they, they haven't raised their shields yet." And he's like, "Nah, we're just a big happy federation. Mm-hmm. We're all friends here. There's no need to raise the shields." You know, he's, <clears throat> Khan is just he's got one vision, and it's yep. it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. In terms, of, in terms of villains, mm-hmm. yeah. What are your thoughts on his just, you know, just this this tunnel vision of revenge on Kirk? I think it's I think it's awesome. I think it's a great. It, it makes for a compelling story because it's a very. Um, they do it in a way where this this movie could have almost taken place, like out in the in in like seas. Like this could have been on boats. You know what I mean? You know and. Um, I just I love how they they did this movie and and you know what it was and I you know even though it's, it says it right here in the description but it's true uh, you know Khan in this movie is very much modeled after Captain Ahab um, yeah you know and and Kirk is his white whale you know it's yeah. very similar to what they do <clears throat> in First Contact where where John Luke is just he has one vision that's to the, the, the to the kill the board remember with the mm-hmm. the, the the lines drawn uh, draws here uh, lines is drawn here yeah yeah that great amazing speech he hey, fucking hey says. you guys on some kind of Star Trek <laughs> <laughs> I don't care I love that movie I don't care it's it's so good too. yeah but yeah it's, it's I think it's yeah. fantastic yeah and. Um, right before we get into a break, um, mm. I the episodes I've seen of the original series, I, I was never really into just because I really didn't give too much of a less of a shit of the characters. Yeah, but like this movie and just one movie alone, if, if you didn't watch the motion picture first, 
know, if you if, if if you start here, you know, even in just this hour and a half movie, like like less than two, or just a little less than two hours, you care about all of these characters. Oh yeah, like you don't need to have prior knowledge of the original series to enjoy this movie. For what yeah, not really. Like I didn't see the Space Seed episode of Star Trek until after I saw Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Just to focus into my usual watching the sequel first and going back and watching the original. Mm-hmm. That's classic George. But like you Kirk felt like a real captain. You know, he's he's arguing, you know, he's he's kind of he's kind of like debating with Spock a little bit. Well, not debating, but he's talking about how mm-hmm. he doesn't want to take command. And uh and Spock is like, you know. For if we go on a mission, the higher ranking official takes command. That's you. You're mm. the admiral. You outrank me. He's like, you know, I'm a Vulcan. I have no ego to bruise. Mm. You know. And then yeah. there's a whole and then, then he you know he says, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few mm. or the one. Yeah. So I mean, which that's great when it comes back full circle uh at the end of the movie. Yeah. And then even in even in the search of Fox. So, but um, hey, let's take a quick break because we got just a couple more minutes uh, here and then uh, we'll be back on the other side. All right, everybody, we're back. Uh, we're talking about the Wrath of Khan here. So uh, we left off right around, you know, uh, Kirk taking command of the Enterprise because they're about to go on a mission. And um, well, I guess, you know, because they've been attacked by uh Khan and the Reliant. So um, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of took command before that. And then yeah. you know, Khan the Reliant, uh, they attack the Enterprise, and you know because they think it's another ship, they don't think it's somebody mm-hmm. else. And then Khan's up on the view screen, does his posturing on the view screen, and it's it's great. It's just yeah. it, it's classic villain monologuing at its if, you know, I know George. I I know you prefer Picard as a as a captain, and I I love John Luke. I, I do. Um, he is he's a fantastic Starfleet captain. Um, but when I when I talk to people about who I think the best Starfleet captain is, I just point them in the direction of the Spock trilogy. Like, it just shows how brilliant and intuitive Kirk was to get the job done no matter what. And, and I, I don't want to, I, I don't mean to break out of this movie, um, but it's shown to perfection, I think in the search for Spock when, uh, you know, the Cleons have them on the ropes and they activate the self-destruct, they beam board, those guys beam there. And then the ship blows up. I, I think it's, or they beamed to the plan. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just brilliant. And it's brilliant here too. When they, they're able to hack into the Reliance ship. And like, that's, you know, that's the idea that, that he, you know, he and yeah. you know, the crew come up with that they're able to, to hack into their ship to get their code, to drop their shields. To, it's an old code, know. but it checks out. Yeah. So love uh, it. But, I mean, it, and, and, and I like how when, when Kirk goes to put on the glasses, he kind of like, hesitates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Oh, he's like, uh, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want people to see I'm wearing these. Yeah. Because even when he turns around to look at Khan, he takes the glasses off. Mm-hmm. Show the, like, but, but but that's but that's a classic, you know. Don't show him your weakness. You know, he didn't you know because Khan is he he's genetically superior in every way. That was the whole thing of the eugenics wars. Yeah. Uh, that happened in in their nineteen ninety six. Obviously, they mm-hmm. didn't happen in real nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Um, but that's the whole thing is that he's genetically superior. So. Kirk being Kirk, he's not, you know, and you know, to 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 quote uh to quote Q from The World's Not Enough, let it, never let him see you bleed. Because mm-hmm. that's basically mm-hmm. yeah, never let him see your weakness. Mm-hmm. Um you know, then he the uh, both ships have kind of kind of end up attacking each other and they end up sort of to um, almost like a dead stick scenario. I mean, like they, they have mm-hmm. power, but both ships are basically running on auxiliary. Um and what is it they go to Regala One. That's mm-hmm. the name of the science station, right? Yeah. One. I can mm-hmm. I'm literally looking at it. And I'm like, oh, I can't find it, but I got it. Um, so then they find out, you know, they, they they find the Genesis device, they beam down to the other planet where Carol Marcus and David Marcus took the Genesis device. And then you know, and then you have Terrell, and they found Terrell and Chekhov 
on the ship and they're just yeah and it gives you more of an insight on just how evil Khan is you know mm-hmm. Khan asked everybody where the genesis device was and people were saying no so Khan was just killing them yeah you know just seeing you know with you know with, with, with bones and savik and kirk on the you know on the space you know just seeing all the dead bodies it's like like this isn't you know this is like they, they, they've raised the level in star trek Oh, yeah. You're not seeing, you know, even if it's a dead body, there's no the blood, out, but they went like, you know, they, these people were mutilated, mm-hmm. you know, by Khan, who's, you know, yeah, he wants the Genesis device, but it's still all about Kirk because you know, they had to leave the ship to go, or they had to leave regular one to go and intercept Kirk to mm-hmm. blow him up. And then that's when Terrell pulls his phaser out. You know, where where, where Terrell and Chekhov pull their phasers out to kill. Kirk, but they fight the slug devices. Uh, Terrell ends up killing himself. Chekhov fights it off, and the slug exits his ear. And then Kirk just and I. There's so much I like about this movie. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to kind of pin down a best scene. I have one, but it was hard. To, it was hard to come across because there's a lot of really great scenes in it. And then you know. When Kirk takes that device, the one that Terrell was using to talk to Connie, he's like, he's like yelling into it. He's like, Connie, you bloodsucker. Mm-hmm. It's like, just like a poor marksman, you keep missing your target. You know, so he's like, you want me? You have to come down here and kill me. Mm-hmm. Trying to, you know, he's trying to get Khan to come to him. And then, you know, Khan's like, oh, well, you're going to stay there. Buried alive. Buried mm-hmm. alive. And yeah, Shatner's acting isn't great. It never was. But it, it, it's Shatner. I'm not yeah. expect. I'm not expecting Marlon Brando in On the Waterfront. I'm not expecting Jack Nicholson in everything. <laughs> it's Shatner. I yeah. TJ Hooker was out by now. We everybody knew what they were getting. I love Shatner. But, yeah. If he's at your Comic Con this year, I'm meeting him. I'm not, I'm not even although, waiting. Although I still like in Part Three when they killed David Marcus, and he like, uh, and he like. Like falls like to be like to, to dramatically fall. It's like that just looks bad. Hmm. It's like ah, we did twenty seven takes and that was the best one. Oh, uh, yeah. Hmm. That's something. Uh, Paul Winfield was gay. Really? Hmm. Hmm. I'll be. He's also dead. Yes, he is. Probably. Hey, uh, probably because Mo didn't save him with the fan in the. Uh, he played. Uh, he was in Huck Finn. Was he Jim? Yes, he was. <laughs> um, I'm not saying the real name because no, no, no reasons. No. Yeah, this <laughs> is the. Huck. This is the musical. Is this the one? This isn't a Disney production one, is it? No, this is like a musical version. Yeah, either way. Okay. <laughs> was he Jim? Yeah. He was, he was also Serpent in the Rainbow. That's a good movie. Mm-hmm. He was I'm General gonna... Casey in Mars Attacks. Oh, yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. We have to do that. We do. Yeah. Chris doesn't want to do it, though. Well, he's, he's, not his, he's, not he's afraid of Tim Burton. Yeah. That wasn't Tim Burton. Mars Attacks was Tim Burton. No. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. It was fucking Guy Fieri. It, it was Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. <laughs> this, this is what. This is it. This is the line in the sand. This is where you're at. Oh yeah. So, so hey, then Chris, we find... welcome to the welcome to the cum zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Halfway through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The um, oh, you know, we talked about JJ Abrams earlier, and I didn't say fuck JJ Abrams, so fuck JJ Abrams. It was implied. Yeah, it was an implied fucking. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see like the 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 effects of the Genesis Chamber where they were experimenting, and like and Carol Marcus is like, you no, know, the the organisms, you know, formed in a day, and then it, it just became this massive, expansive world. You know, where you know, they have food for a lifetime. And they're eating apples and. Carl Marcus goes, can I cook or can't I? Mm-hmm. Which, here's the thing. I saw that episode of Family Guy mm-hmm. where they lampoon that. And I didn't know what it was from until I watched Wrath of Khan. I'm like, son mm-hmm. of a bitch. 
<laughs> but of course it is because Seth MacFarlane's a huge Star Trek fan. Apparently the order mm-hmm. came back too. And where I'm here, yeah. it's, getting, I'm getting, it's getting really good reviews. Yeah. Um, but then we find out like through this whole thing because Savick asks Kirk, you know, how did you beat the Kobayashi Maru? You know, and Bones talks him up as he's the only guy to do it, damn it. Hmm. And he's like, Oh, I just changed the parameters of the test. And you know, and then David Marcus is like, Oh, you cheated. He's like, No. I found a way around it. I got commended mm-hmm. for thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. You know, then he calls Spock because the whole thing, you know, the whole thing was uh was a plan or was a a yep. ruse for con. And I just love that he pulls out the he like he's got the uh he's got the com link out. And my cat is destroying my curtains. He's got the comic guy. He's got the slice of apple. And he just looks over at Savage. He goes, I don't like to lose. Just as cocky as can be. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like for as bad of an actor as Shatner is, some things he does are just are 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 dead on. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh so we get another battle inside the what's that nebula called? I the the Mutara Nebula. Mutara mm-hmm. Nebula. Where it's you know, we're in this three dimensional just kind of ship battle, which I mean, this entire third act of the movie is just edge of your seat entertainment action. It's got it all. It's got everything. Would you agree to that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This um, this 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 whole this whole battle in this in the in the nebula is actually my favorite part of the movie. I know it's yeah. it's it's a longer part of the movie, but I just think it's so fantastic. You know, they have to skate. You know, the you know, the forward screen doesn't work. You know, the shields are down, stuff like that, and it's just it's just such a great cat and mouse game. You know, it, it, it's, <clears> like, it's, it's like instinct against instinct. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Um, through the um. Through the battle, the warp drive gets damaged on the Enterprise, um, but they end up fucking relying up so bad that it really doesn't matter. But they can't. But they but they won't be able to escape the, exclo- the escape the explosion from the Reliant unless they get the warp drive fixed, mm-hmm. which is where we get which is where we get into you know the start for for uh, part three for the search for Spock. This is this mm-hmm. is where all this goes because. You know, there's a there's a radiation leak. You know, they had to fix the warp drives um, in the engine room. So Spock goes down to go to fix it, and Bone says, and he quotes something. And it's something you quote on a pretty much a monthly basis, at least one at one point or another. Are you out of your Vulcan mind? Mm-hmm. Which is something for a while you were saying on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Now it's just the hell you will. Mm-hmm. The hell, the hell I do. The hell I do. <clears throat> Call me Jim. Um, where McCoy tries to prevent Spock from going inside, then he's you know, I was like, all right, well, how Spotty, how how Scotty's condition, and then does the Vulcan nerf pinch, and then the mind meld. Remember, remember, remember. And then he goes in. He Spock repairs the warp drive, and the Enterprise can now escape the explosion. As Khan, you know, yells from from Hill's heart, I stab at thee. You know, he's just mm-hmm. quoting. You know, he's he's quoting Captain Ahab. From Moby Dick. Yeah. You know, he's just, you know, Benji's a dish best served cold. It's just, just some great, great lines. I think mm-hmm. they, which, um, good Lord, which mm. they quote that at the beginning of one of the Kill Bill movies where they say, Revenge is a dish best served cold. And then it says, Old Klingon proverb. Now, mm. yeah, we, we know Tarantino is a big Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's his one. He, mm-hmm. gets, a little, he gets the, the one there. So the lion explodes. Uh, Khan is now gone. We don't see him ever again. Shame. Uh, yeah, no, gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no coming back from that. He's not flying. He's not flying through space using his space powers to get back to the ship after a hole's been blown through it. Uh, but we get the, the, this. Actually, gets into my favorite part of the scene is where is where Kirk goes down. Um, because he finds that, that that Spock is the reason why the warp job is fixed, and you know he's in the room, he's 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 dying from radiation poisoning. Mm-hmm. And apparently, the, the original line was that Kirk was going to be the one to say, "Oh, he's dead, Jim." 
or or, um, or Bones could be the one to say he's dead, Jim. But they switched and had Scotty do it instead, so that mm. way it had more. So that way this scene had more levity to it. Mm. So it just didn't seem like a like a throwaway from the original series. Yeah, they they switch it so it didn't feel, you know, so 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 it had more uh, had more gravity. Well, not not levity. That's not the word I want. Gravity. There's more gravity to the to the scenario. Mm. You know when. When Spock is sitting there, he's you know, is the ship out of danger? It's like, yeah, and they, he tells me, you, know, you have always been my friend. The, the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one, mm. which all, the, all that comes for a circle at the end of the movie. And Spock ends up dying. They had that funeral for him, human, you know, where, where Kirk gives the eulogy mm. you know, of all the souls I've encountered in the world or in the universe. His was the most. Human. Human. Which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's, it's obviously the, this leads into the search for Spock because yep. the casket landed on the new Genesis planet, which emerged mm-hmm. after the Reliant exploded with the Genesis device on it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's essentially the, the end of the movie to a point. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, yeah, like he does. Oh, we lost George. <laughs> no, we went, almost went a whole episode without losing him. Uh, it's a shame. But um, he'll be back eventually. Uh... Am I back? George is back. I'm back. Did you just have I had no, no, idea, I had no idea what to say, so I was just like, uh... <laughs> Dear Lord. Dear yep. Lord. <laughs> um... What did you think of that ending scene with Kirk and Spock? Ah, I love it. I mean, it's 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 classic. It's iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, I did how I do, however, feel that if Scotty was able to be woken up that fast, why didn't they just wake him up to get him into the reactor? He was already in a you know uh, a radiation suit. He just had to put his helmet on. <laughs> so you know what I mean. Uh, reasons. Because it's like the moment Spock because closed the, the door, been as- Scotty was just like, "Oi!" That's all I got. He's he's Scottish. He's not like a Cockney uh, <laughs> chimney sweep. Hello, computer. <laughs> oh my God! Now you can't go in there. It's radiation poisoning. Like. <laughs> I don't have now. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, this took a turn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, they out of be, 10. They should remake this movie, but no, Nicolas Cage should play every role. But it's it's just different characters that Nicolas Cage has played in the Except role. Spock. So it's his. So it's his Benjamin Gates from, from the <laughs> the second um, National Treasure movie when he's when he's acting like he's drunk at Buckingham Palace. Yeah, that's, that's him playing uh, Scotty. Ah, uh, George's play Scotty. George's. George's. Uh, so would regular so would regular Benjamin Gates be Captain Kirk? Yes, I'm here. Yeah. Um, you were roboting for I'm a second. Watching. You're back. You're back oh. though. I'd watch that movie. Yeah, of course you would. Cast Yeah, that's who I have playing Spock. So Cast Troy. Ten. Why not? It's a ten. It's a ten, man. There is this is a perfect film. Yeah. What about you? As I said before, I'm. 10. It's a 10. Mm. I think it's a hard 10. Am I am I here? Am I out? Am I Yeah, you're you're here now. You're back. Oh. Yeah, I'm saying uh hold on. I think it's uh I think I'm running I think I'm running a little uh running a little hot. Let me plug mm. the fan in here. Um yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a hard I, I think it's a hard 10, easy 10. I don't think there's any faults with this. Mm-hmm. And after I watch this, the uh couple Weeks ago, I went and watched the stock afterwards. It's just a, a great one-two punch. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. 
so your favorite scene is the entire third act you said it really is um it's just so good man it's just so good um what about yours yeah, my, it's actually both scenes with kirk and spock um the one at the beginning where he's talking to him in spock's quarters where Spock tells him that he needs to resume that he needs to be that he needs to resume command of the ship, and then when it comes full circle at the end, because because yeah. Kirk and Spock have this, they they just have this chemistry between them, mm. you know, it's, you know it, it's friendship and it's you know they they've been through hell and back in battles like it's mm. it, it, it's and. It, it's almost a shame to say this to a point because you, you always, every time you talk about Star Trek, you know, there's always someone who goes, oh, well, Star Wars is better. Star Wars doesn't have this. Star Wars yeah. does not have two, what, three PO and R2D2, who gives a shit? Yeah. Um, hey. but, <laughs> no, well, but, the problem, the problem is they, I, I think, you know, not to get into a Star, Trek, Star Wars rant, they, they ruined it. You know what I mean? I mean, regardless of what you feel about the sequel trilogy, we always go back to it. I always preface that, but they they ruined it without putting those three actors, you know, actresses, actors on film together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so you never got to see a true commodity and love between those characters because we had them for three movies and that was it. You, when when you know we got you know they reunited this entire cast from the show, and it you know it was it was the right thing to do, and you showed that these guys had been. You know, they they were they served the enterprise originally together, and then you know their friendship and stuff like that, and um, you know, and of course, fifteen years later, you know, they're still they're still close and respect each other and get along with each other, you know. So, and uh, even when Chekhov came back at the end, you know, he just he he leaves sickbay and he comes up and he's like, you know, you know, he he wants to report to the bridge, and 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 Kirk just kind of smirks at him. He's like, man, the uh, man, the weapons console, Mister Chekhov, you know. So you, you got that even like even like Chekhov, who's you know he, he he's recuperating from being under mind control, mm-hmm. mind control slug, but he still wants to, you know, he still wants to be at the controls with his captain. Mm-hmm. You know, you love to say it, and it's, you know, um, we still have the the entire original cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, next generation still alive yeah so i, I just don't understand why they won't make another movie capitalize on something you know like i know I'm, picard is I, I wish picard was good but it's not <laughs> did you, did I've, you seen, watch- I, I've seen a couple of the scenes like with uh where he goes and he sees uh riker and deanna troy because they're mm-hmm. obviously married because mm-hmm. you know I feel like they're married, but Riker's still getting some on the side because you're not gonna stop, you're not gonna stop him. Nah. Um, and I've seen a couple of things where Q has returned um, in season two to you know to get Picard a hard time as usual. But this, but the season three that's going to be coming out, mm-hmm. the entire original cast is getting back together, with I mean, the exception. That, of- <laughs> that that trailer did look pretty good, so we'll see. Yeah, you know. But um, but yeah, um, that's that's the Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Um, so quickly before we get into Star Trek: uh, Strange New Worlds, I'm gonna run down my list real quick. Um, George will do it uh, once he he watches the last two movies that he needs to see. Um, maybe we'll just save that for when we do Search for Spock down the road. Um, I, so. it's, uh, five and six, I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Uh, they're the only two I they're the only two I haven't seen it, but I got Paramount Plus, so I'll get to them. Yeah. So uh, this there are thirteen feature films in the Star Trek franchise. Unfortunately, um, are you are you including the Abrams films? Yeah, mm. I am. I'm sorry. Um, sorry. Text texting my mom. Um, I, she's at the store, so she was asking me something. So I, I sorry for the pause, everybody. You're so, like, yes. You're like, yes, I do want more Funyuns. <laughs> so there's 13. So obviously it's going from 13 to to one. Um, 
so number 13 is Star Trek in the Darkness. I think this movie's terrible. Number 12 is Star Trek Beyond. I don't think it's much better. Um, number 11 is Star Trek 09. Um, like I said before, I think it's a solid movie, like a, like a 6 out of 10. You know, I don't think it's great. Um, I think Nemesis, which is my number 10, is they're right on par with each other, but I do prefer Nemesis. Number 9 is Insurrection. Number 8, I had The Final Frontier. Number 7, I had The Motion Picture. Number six, I have The Undiscovered Country. Number five, I have Generations. Number four, I have First Contact. Number three, now this is where I made a big change. Because for decades, The Voyage Home was my second favorite Star Trek movie. But after recent viewing, I actually liked The Search for Spock more. So at number three, I have The Voyage Home. Uh, and number two, I have the search for Spock. And then number one is the Wrath of Khan. So the Spock trilogy just goes in order of terms of quality for me. Mm. So, um, but yeah, so that's that's my uh, that's my rankings. And I don't see that changing, to be fair. I mean, maybe down the road, I might be like, ah, you know, I really do prefer the Voyage Home. Because for years, like I said, for decades, that was my second favorite Star Trek movie. But there's just, I found myself really digging the search for not that I didn't like the search for Spock, but I was I remember watching going like, man, this is a good fucking movie. Like I actually forgotten how good that movie actually was. Your Christopher Lloyd is you know you know in it and he's fantastic. And I, I can't wait to review that too. Maybe we'll we'll do that either you know in November when we had that break or and that, and, and or that maybe January. Be, and that had to be like a turn for him. Yeah, uh, yeah, because before that, what would you know? He was Reverend Jim on Taxi. Yeah, you know, he does search for Spock and then. What two years later, back to the future? Yeah. So it was, it was nothing but the moon for him. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, you're right. Because uh, I, I, and then of course, eventually he was in, you know, uh, oh my God, what's it called? Roger Rabbit, you know, Angels in the Outfield, uh, a couple other, you know, a couple other stuff too. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I mean, I I would say the search for Spock probably really launched his career. Yeah, probably shot him straight to and, the damn. You know, obviously, and then you know, two years later or a year later, yeah, a year later, because I think Search for Spock was eighty four. Um, mm-hmm. you got Back to the Future, so it was just like a one two punch. Boom, Christopher Lloyd, and he, he's a made man then. You know, I think uh, I think Clue came out in between the Search for Spock and and Back to the Future, but even that was a great movie. Too. Yeah, so I mean, there was just a good yeah. run of films for him. I mean, he was already a well-known actor, you know. I mean, every, you know, everybody knew him as Reverend Jim, but but anyway, that's the source for Spock. We'll get that later. So let's let's start wrapping this up and let's get into Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. It was the first five episodes. Um, overall, I personally think the show was great. Um, I did think episode five was the weakest of the five so far. I agree um, with you. I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna tell you that. I just, it, I thought it was good, but it was. A little too um, comedic for my side. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah that's, that's where I was going with. Was it a bad episode? Not at all. Um, but it just the the first four episodes were really, especially those first two episodes were so good, so good. Um, that first episode was fantastic, man. I I, I adore that first episode, and I, I hope the rest of the season is is is, is still really good. I, I have a feeling it will be. Um, and let, let's just keep it up. Um, I'm really digging it. I'm loving Anson Mount as Christopher Pike. Oh my God. Um, You know, I feel like they've been trying to make Pike a thing since Into Darkness and it just failed miserably. Or I would even say Star Trek or Nine. I forgot he was in that. And it just wasn't good. You know what I mean? Like I love Bruce Greenwood, but he wasn't good as Pike. Like Pike was, Pike was what Kirk was supposed to be. He was an adventureman. He was an adventure man. You know what I mean? He was like, he was he wasn't like this old admiral that was like you know he was he was what kirk was supposed to be but the, the pilot didn't get picked up so they 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 just scrapped it and then they they shot another pilot with, with william shatner and it was better so yeah. um but i think anton mount is is fantastic in that role um and you know i will say we're halfway through the season uh and we're still about a decade away from when he is supposed to be burned with the radiation and in in the wheelchair which is the, the <laughs> which was the which is based off of the episode i can't remember the name of the episode from the original series where they you know 
he they they bring Pike in. He's not played by Jeffrey Hunter at that point, but um, because uh, man, it's been a long time since I've seen that episode, but it's it's fuck, I can't remember. But but you know, Pike does make an appearance in the original series, uh, you know, incapacitated. So because he he is the second canological captain of the Enterprise. The first is the first is Robert April, who is in Strange New Worlds. Um, so. Uh, which I think is pretty cool. I, I like as a Star Trek fan, um, you know, when they announced Robert, you know, when I saw Robert April in the first episode, I was like, oh, cool. Because <clears throat> we, you know, he appeared, I think, in one episode of the animated series, which I mean, but um, it was kind of cool to see them bring him back, you know, because like that's the stuff that fans will appreciate. Like, you didn't have to cast somebody to be Robert April, but you did it. And Star Trek fans who, who are longtime Star Trek fans who know who Robert April is are gonna be like, oh, that's you know, I appreciate that Easter egg. Thank you. You know, that's that's you know that that's what it's supposed to be. So so George, uh, we're you know we're halfway through the season. What do you think of Strange New Worlds? Uh I really I really enjoy it. It's just it, it it's a really fun show. Um it's it, it's very well acted for a bunch of people who are not exactly household names. Anson Mal uh, is not a household name. Mm. but i mean he's he, he he's coming into it here and he's got this you know as, as captain pike you know he's got the ad- adventure behind you know, he's captain of the enterprise but you know he wants to go on missions he wants to be on the away team you know he he wants to be knee deep in the in the action uh, ethan yeah. some peck, say some say knee deep in the hoopla knee deep in the hoopla uh, ethan peck who was the grandson mm. of the late great gregory peck who will hit yeah. you with his ring hand mm-hmm. uh, he he's plays fantastic. Spock, and he is great as Spock. Oh my yeah, god, he's so good. Uh, he makes Zachary Quinto look like a child playing Spock. <laughs> yeah, he was not a good Spock. What did you think of when they played the uh, the the fight music when Spock was having his dream on Vulcan? Dude, I got chills. I got chills. Yeah, it was awesome. Like it's it it's such a great callback to the original. It, it's, it's like the clever little Easter eggs that they put in there that you know it's not in your it's not. You know, blatantly in your face. It's like it's a clever little Easter egg. It's it's as we always say when we do like the remakes or the sequels. There's a massive amount of respect in the Star Trek franchise that went into doing this show. Yeah, and that's I think that's what makes it as good as this because it's which not is something which is something we haven't gotten with Star Trek in a very long time. Which I think is why everybody is responding to Strange New Worlds with such a it's such a breath of fresh air because discovery was, is, is such a bad show and the Abrams movies are just, they're not good. It'd be different if they were good movies and they were like in an alternate timeline, people would be like, all right, whatever. They're just not good movies. They're just wasting people's time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so uh, this, I think this show, I think the, the, the most famous name that's on the show is Rebecca Romaine. Yeah, you might be right. She might be like the biggest name that's on the show, but yeah, Star power, you don't need star power to have a good show. No. As no. long as you get people like, playing these roles to a point. Even like when they brought in Samuel Kirk and he's got the mustache, like mm-hmm. like when they did that in the original series, like even like it was just Shatner with a mustache. Yeah. You know, playing his brother. It was it, it was it was great. Yeah. So I, I would definitely like to see this show go a few seasons. I would like to see it go at least as long as the original series did. So that's three seasons. So, I mean, I guess technically it went longer because they did do the animated series, which I think ran four seasons. Um, hold on, I'll look it up real fast. What kind of grade do you give Strange New World so far? Overall, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it an A- minus overall, just because I thought the last episode was kind of weak. I can, um, I'll, I'll give it a solid A. Mm. I mean, I thought the episode was weak, but... Not every episode is going to be a slam dunk. No, but the first four were really good, and it uh, you know, the whole like body swapping thing—it's just something that's been done mm. before. It was, it was played for funsies. So, so the anim- the animated series ran for two seasons. So I would like to see Strange New Worlds run. It'd be great if it ran for five seasons. Um, but that's also you know as you. I, you know, I, that's the funny thing is I actually forgot that the animated series is actually canon. So technically, uh, you know, the motion picture only takes place five years after the animated series ended. So, um, but 
so I mean, you know, you 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 push five seasons on a show, you might get a little iffy. Um, I mean, listen, if it only went three seasons and it, they were it was a really solid three seasons, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, honestly. So, um, but you know, really enjoying the show. Can't wait for. I'll probably have to watch it. I get done work. Uh, I might be able to watch it before I go down to see Dress. Yeah, I should have enough time to see to watch it before I go see head down to Kevin's. But I'll probably, um, watch, I'll probably watch on my lunch tomorrow. I, I, I get an hour lunch tomorrow, so I'll probably just right. watch it. I should have enough time between getting done work and heading to Kevin's. So I, I'm, I'm going to watch it after work tomorrow. So, um, but I'm going to go uh, finish cleaning my car, and then I'm going to watch Ms. Marvel and try to figure out dinner. Um, before we record Biggie Energy tonight, so um, you made your uh, have you have you compiled your Mount Rushmore yet? I have a tentative Mount Rushmore. I'll, I'll slow, we got a few more hours about two. I hours, have two and I a half have, before we record. So I have one definite. The other three, I'm kind of uh, I'm 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 fighting through a couple things because I have I have two definites. So it's the other two that's but I'm trying right to mean because when you're thinking like Mount Rushmore, you know these are like these are pillars mm-hmm. of what your, you know, what your video game, not, well, not knowledge, but career has kind of gone off of. Yeah. So it, you know, it, 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 it's hard. It's mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because I'm trying to, because I'm trying to discern from favorites into what I think the ones that had the importance. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, I'm trying to do like a healthy mix of the two, you know what I mean? Because so, but We'll talk about that tonight, everybody. That'll be on Biggie Energy. Uh, keep an eye out for Chris's show. Uh, you know, George and I are, you know, George is the regular co-host. I, I've just kind of forced my way back into the show. Um, you know, we we just recorded New Blood Rising last night. I don't think Chris has posted it yet, though. Not yet. Um, it's on the tomorrow- hot tag if uh, we didn't say it, but that's on the hot tag. Oh, yeah, the hot tag. Yes, I forgot. I'm sorry. You just say Chris's record- show, so people are like, yeah. oh, um, we're, I know I have, I have not been on face off yet with him, so I'd love to be, but he doesn't ask me to do sports talk ever. He, but we, he, he plans a Phillies podcast and then bails on it before it starts. Um, cause you're not an abs fan. That's right. I, you know, fuck it. I want him to win the Stanley cup. I, you know, I don't hate him. Um, but, um, you know, and then we're going to do the hot tag show. I think tomorrow night's the plan to record that. So busy week for us. Um, you know, for the, for big, uh, multiverse here. We will um, see you Sunday, Monday, like usual for National Treasure. We'll figure out a day to record that. And then, um, man, we got to get Bond back up and running. <laughs> so it's all right if we, yeah, we will. So, but uh, anyway, everybody, hope you enjoy the show. We'll see you in a few days, uh, you know, for National Treasure. And uh, I've been Dean Holtzaffel. I'm still George Rogers, and we will see you in the multiverse. <laughs>